In On the Shortness of Life, Seneca writes, Of all people, they alone who give time to philosophy are at leisure. They alone really live. For it's not just their own lifetime that they watch over carefully, but they annex every age to their own. All the years that have gone before are added to their own. Unless we prove most ungrateful, those most distinguished founders of hallowed thoughts came into being for us, and for us they prepared a way of living. We are led by the work of others into the presence of the most beautiful treasures which have been pulled from darkness and brought to light. From no age are we debarred, we have access to all, and if we want to transcend the narrow limitations of human weakness by our expansiveness of mind, there is a great span of time for us to range over. We can debate with Socrates, entertain doubt with Carneades, be at peace with Epicurus, overcome human nature with the Stoics, and go beyond it with the Cynics. Since nature allows us shared possession of any age, why not turn from this short and fleeting passage of time and give ourselves over completely to the past, which is measureless and eternal and shared with our betters? This is a very interesting short passage in Seneca's works because Seneca himself identifies with the Stoic school, but you can tell that he doesn't restrict himself. In other places, he says, we can steal into the enemy's camp and take from them whatever we find useful, as he does, for example, with the Epicureans. Here you see him praising Epicurus. And so I think this demonstrates a very judicious attitude towards studying and borrowing from multiple traditions, multiple schools, multiple thinkers, and bringing it together in a synthesis that works in your own life. It also, without using the word gratitude, displays in action or in writing a gratitude felt towards all of these predecessors who have forged ways to understand the human condition and to offer us insights, practices, and all sorts of other things, even a sense of continuity or community or communion with them. And notice a few things about this. Seneca, of course, is talking about the great philosophers of ancient Greece, but in our time, we could expand this to philosophies and intentional ways of living coming from all over the world. You might say that for us, the past that he speaks of is not only much wider or deeper, but it extends further. We can draw upon cultures and the brilliant people within them that the ancient Romans and Greeks didn't even dream about for our own edification. And we can learn from those who are closer to us in time as well, those who are our contemporaries. We are really blessed in the amount of what we have at our disposal. The other thing that I think is important to realize here is that unless we actually do the work of 
reading of seeking these things out, we're not going to have access to these voices. So studying philosophy, not in a narrowly specialized way or one that's beholden to a particularly faddish and provincial understanding of what philosophy looks like right now, but delving back into the many different philosophical approaches of the past, whether there seems to be any practical use to it right away or not, is going to incredibly enrich our perspectives. And this happens in a cumulative way because these various voices that are coming to us from the past, some of the things that they're saying, we only understand when we hear some of the other voices or when we hear these things said more than once. So we have to devote ourselves to studying and to listening, to hearing what is being said, to participate within or at least hang back and hear a conversation that has been going on for a long time. And in doing so, we pull ourselves out of the narrowness and the loneliness even perhaps of the present moment. And we make more of the present by incorporating all of this rich past comprised of human beings and their thoughts.